Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Good evening and welcome to the KLE Podcast and the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group. If you haven't joined the group, please hop over to Facebook and uh, look for Kingdom Leadership Equipping and you can just uh, click on the join and answer a few questions and uh, I will approve you to come into the group. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have you contributing, um, sharing um, your insights from a leadership perspective as well. It's not a church group and this is not a church podcast, even though we are uh, Soundly biblical based, we speak from the spirit of the Bible and from the scriptures of the word of God, um, but it's not about churchy stuff. There's, it's not about, uh, you know, who's the fancy preacher and uh, people are constantly contributing stuff that just doesn't fit with the whole spirit of the group specifically because we want to focus on edifying leaders and uh, inspiring leaders and challenging leaders and equipping leaders. So if you've got something leadership to offer, then please contribute. Or otherwise, you know, send me your questions. I'd love to ask answer any questions that are there. Um, so tonight I just uh, basically wanted to talk about it's more than a gift. It's more than a gift. You know, a scripture that really spoke to me was in Luke chapter 9, 53 to 55. In the Amplified Bible, it says this, that the Samaritans wouldn't welcome Jesus in. I never quite understood that until I read the commentary. You know, if you read the commentary, sometimes it does help. But it's the footnote says, because of religious conflict between Samaritans and Jews, the people of Samaria were generally inhospitable to Jews who did not offer overnight accommodations to those who were traveling to Jerusalem to participate in religious events. So, you know, there's division back in those days already, the Samaritans against the Jews the Romans against the Jews and the Samaritans. Everybody was, you know, divided amongst each other uh, as far as their cultures and, and the nationalities, etc., were concerned. And it's just crazy stuff. The devil loves that stuff. But anyway, so here we got them not welcoming Jesus because he was now traveling towards Jerusalem to, in fact, uh, be to attend this religious ceremony that was going to be taking place there. And then in verse 54, when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to come on fire to come down from heaven and destroy them? So you think about it, you know, what made them think they could do that? Well, they must have they must have experienced some kind of authority. They must have seen the power of God in operation to the point that they felt and were confident to call down fire from heaven. They had there was some sort of power, you know, that they felt they had, some kind of authority that they felt, that they sensed, not felt, but that they sensed that they were confident or arrogant enough to feel like they could command fire to come down from heaven and destroy. These people that this community that hadn't welcomed Jesus. So many leaders, in fact, have gifts. And they feel like because they have a gift, 
that immediately they are approved by God in every area of life. It doesn't matter what they do, whether they do it wrong or not, that they are approved because they have a gift. And we need to understand very clearly the gift doesn't make the man. The gift is part of your purpose. The gift that God has given you, the strength or the the, the talent that, you know, not natural talent, but your the capacity that that incredible gifting, there's no other word for it, I don't have any word for it right now, but is that that gifting that you have is God's power equipment to you to fulfill His mission that He's given you to fulfill in the earth. That's all it is. It doesn't make you superior to anybody, and it doesn't make anybody inferior to you. We need to understand that. It's grace gift. In other words, by the grace of God, He's gifted you with something for you to contribute. It doesn't make you greater than anybody else. It doesn't give you the right to give yourself a fancy title, position yourself on a, on a throne, and preside over everybody, dominating and lording over them, and calling down fire. I went to a meeting with a friend of mine and I, friend of mine and I were talking on Sunday, and he was reminding me of a of a church meeting we went to many, many years ago, many years ago, and in a village, and I was preaching in this village, and before I even got to speak, the pastor got up, and the people were poor, they were all sitting on the floor, and they, him and and his co-pastor had these fancy chairs and their fancy suits, and the people were just sitting on mud floors, and so he gets up and he begins to remind, he begins to pray, but of course he's not praying to the Lord, he's talking to me. And he prays, he says, oh God, remind this man of Ananias and Sapphira that they did not give, and because they did not give, you know, they were smitten and killed before you. And so remind them, it's not about what we can do for them, but what they can do for us. You know, right there, I could feel the manipulative spirit of James and John right there, you, you know, because you have the pulpit, because you think you have this gifting to be able to preach, and because you are now leading, you can preside over them and preside over me and, and lord it over me and now manipulate me into giving. There's one thing you, you I just, th- there's something that freaks me out is that when people try to manipulate for money or manipulate for approval or manipulate for man- recognition, their arrogance is, a, it just, just affects me. I, you know, it's bullying. And, I, you know, I was bullied all my way through school and I was bullied by leaders simply because I stepped back from those things and I just cannot handle it. Because I feel it's it's a wrong spirit. Because look what Jesus goes on to say. In verse 55, it says, He turned and rebuked them, and He said to them, You do not know what kind of spirit you are. And that's my point tonight, is that it it's not just about your gifting. It's about your character. It's about the very attitude, your spirit that you do things in. As a leader, you've got to have the right spirit about what you do and how you deal with people. You know, I made the mistakes as well because of my insecurity in work and I, what I saw other leaders were doing. I was arrogant. And my arrogance had no foundation at all, no foundation at all, it, except the fact that I was gifted. I could communicate. And, you know, for me, it's a big thing because when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and the ability to speak in other tongues, you know, I went from a stammering 
person, nervous, um, unable to to express myself properly, very nervous, very shy, very intimidated by people. Suddenly, I became very bold, and I could actually stand up and speak and you know communicate a message and god would use me and i thought then you know that made me anointed more anointed than others it made me more called than others i was a gifted man of god and i'm so you know i am special and therefore you know is that people should treat me and respect me especially you know because i'm a special man of god and you know, God began to humble me over the years and began to teach me that this is not by the Spirit. Because, you know, in a sense, he was rebuking me and saying, Sean, you do not know what kind of spirit you are. And, you know, and I began to realize I've got to tone this thing right down. And we see that with Moses. Moses was a political leader. He was the prince of Egypt. He knew all the ins and outs of the political system and the economics of, of Egypt. And yet God takes him from there and thrusts him into the desert to look after sheep. For, for the same amount of time that he grew up in Egypt, he now has to live in the desert for 40 years. Now, how's that for discipleship? How's that for a process of not being on the world stage, of not being popular? God just taking him and removing him totally from everybody else. Taught him about the desert that he would have to lead people through. You see, you don't always understand where God is going to use you in the future. And if we don't learn the humility, we don't learn to get the right spirit in what we are doing, then we will not be prepared for the next 40 years when we actually do lead people. And you see, you know, Moses is now 80 years old when he actually begins to challenge the the whole the the governmental forces of the the most powerful nation of the time he challenges the governmental forces he challenges the demonic spirits and influences the principalities and powers of that of that nation of that government to the point that he brings that government down crushes their army one man with god of course <laughs> And he's able then to lead a nation out and create a new culture with them before they enter into the promised land and raise up new leaders. Wow, that was from his, the year of 80. I mean, we would have thought God would use him when he was 30. I mean, that's when he's young, when he's vibrant, when he's strong, when he's healthy. But God had to put the right spirit in him to be the leader of a nation. You understand? And that's why we, we need to understand that there's a process, but never think it's just your gift. Never think your gift, never allow your gift to promote you beyond your character, beyond the true spirit of who you are. I've sat with ministers and I've seen how they treat people. I've seen how they allow themselves to be moody, to have a bad temper. And it's all because, you know, I touch not God's anointed. And, and because they feel they have the power to command, you know, to command fire down, you know. And so everybody fears them and reveres them. And, you know, right there, you know, they are. when somebody says to me, that's a powerful man of God, I begin to question everything about their ministry and about their leadership because it just tells me they haven't empowered anybody is that if you're recognizing them as the powerful person, they have a superiority to them, but nobody else feels empowered. Everybody else feels like they are sheep that have to follow that person. 
and they are the powerful ones. It tells me what spirit they're of straight away, what culture is it within that ministry. And I want to say to you, yes, it's costly, but Jesus paid that kind of price. Jesus paid that price. He said, you know, who's greater, the one that sits at the table or the one who's serving the table? And he said, I have come serving this table. In other words, I've come uh, in servitude. I've come as a servant, washing your feet, serving you the, the, the bread and the wine at the table. He, he, could, he could have sat and said, hey, where, where are you guys? Get a move on. But no. He could have said, do you know, you Samaritans, what are you, who do you think you are? You're rejecting the king of the universe, the king of glory, the one that's come to save mankind. I am the Messiah. No, that wasn't his spirit. He rebukes James and John because they feel like they've got a gifting. They've got a power. They've got a superiority about them. We can call down fire and destroy them from heaven i mean you know it's uh, not even hellfire no 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 it's heavenly fire we, we've got the anointing from heaven you, you know this stuff is just not acceptable he says you do not know what kind of spirit you are wow i mean right there we we should ask ourselves you know have i got the right spirit because you see when you're dealing with people, you're dealing with people. You're not, you're not dealing with just anybody. You're dealing with the people that God loves, that he sends his son to die for, that he humbles himself, empties himself of glory, and becomes a servant. And the Bible says that he didn't just take on the role of a servant. He took on the nature of a servant. He emptied himself of his glory and took on the nature of a servant to serve those around him. Wow. To serve humanity. The king. The king subjected himself in that way. What a spirit. We need some of the spirit of Christ, wouldn't you think? Regardless of how anointed we think we are or how gifted we think we are, it's not about gifting. Never allow your gifting to take you beyond where your character can't carry you. Never allow your gifting to so puff you up that you think you are better than somebody else. We are nobody. We could be we know nothing better than the, the hobo, the homeless person sleeping under cardboard on the street, but the grace of God tonight. But the grace of God. If we didn't have the grace and the mercy and the love of God tonight, it could be me, it could be you. And I want to say, if it is you, then you trust the grace of God and he will do it. No man can do it for you. You get the right spirit, the right heart, and he will do it for you. He says in verse 56, For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they journeyed on to another village. The Son of Man... Not the Son of God, the Son of Man. He's walking as Adam, okay? The last Adam. And he says, the Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. You see, the spirit of leadership is not to destroy men's lives, but to save them, to redeem them. Doesn't mean I'm the we the Savior. 
But it means that with the right spirit, with the right spirit, we are here to bring them into who God's called them to be. And us having our exalted view of ourselves because our gifting doesn't promote anybody, doesn't help anybody except ourselves. So I really want you to consider tonight to think about your own, what spirit you're of. Just because you have ability doesn't mean you can destroy people. Doesn't mean you can treat them badly. It means that you have the right spirit to not destroy, not put them down. You know, destroy doesn't mean you necessarily just kill them or mess up their lives. It means that you can injure them, that you can bruise them, that you can disappoint them. And we do. It happens. People have wrong expectations, etc. But not overtly. We're not going about pumped up and trying to be the, the king, the boss. We're not the king and we're not the boss. He's the Lord and he's the king only. All right? So I tell you this with all my heart and with all my love because I want to see you accomplish great things in the kingdom of God. Like James and John, they, they, they got to be part of very intimate moments with Jesus, intimate moments with Jesus, right into the garden of Gethsemane, intimate moments, because they changed their spirit. They, they, they took the rebuke as disciples, and they said, yes, we need to change. I, I believe that, because that's why you'll see it. Jesus always takes Peter, James, and John with him. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? What a, what a shift that must have been for them from just this one incident. And so I, that's my heart for you. My heart for every single one of you that's listening in tonight is that that would be what your heart and your spirit would be. And, and that would be your destiny to be in the intimate moments of when Christ does incredible things that is not observed by the, the normal natural eye. Incredible things. All right. Thanks for being with me again tonight. Till next time, this is Sean saying God bless you.